Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Okay, we're here. I'll show you. Dude, this is a national ballpark museum. They've got displays about all the great old ballparks, not old ball players. And I do mean old. Hey, that's not what I heard. I heard they got a display that features the first homegrown color Rocky. That would be me. Okay, look, there's Bruce Hellerstein over there. He owns the place. Let's go ask him. Hey, that's fine with me. Hi, Bruce. How's it going? Manny, Mark, good to see you guys. Come on in. Hey, Bruce, Manny here doesn't believe me. He doesn't believe you've got a Mark Knudsen display here at your museum. Well, he's sort of right. Right over here, we've got a display all about the Denver Zephyrs. I'm pretty sure Mark's Zephyrs baseball card is in there somewhere. Oh, his minor league card. I got you. Hey, it's something, right? If you say so. So, you two just come down here to see the displays? Actually, we're getting ready to do our podcast. Oh, wow. That's great. I had no idea they let you back on the air, Mark. What's your show called? It's the Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. Give me a Knudsen. Knudsen! Thank you. With spring training games now underway, it's time to start watching closely for positive signs or for things to worry about regarding the upcoming season. Who's in for a big year? What positions are in need of reinforcement? And what might the Colorado Rockies organization do to address it? Nick Groak from The Athletic is on top of everything going on at 20th and Blake and at Salt River Fields. He joins the show this week to share his insights. Great stuff from a great source. That's coming up next on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Stay right here. We're back right after this. The place to catch all the big game action is at Stoney's Bar and Grill, now with four great locations, including Winter Park and the original at 11th and Lincoln. Great food, great service, and unrivaled game day atmosphere. There's no better place to watch your favorite teams in action. To find out more, check out stoneysbarandgrill.com. It's spring training, best time of the year for a lot of us, not necessarily around here, but those who get to go to Arizona certainly enjoy this time of year, although I guess it hasn't been too warm down there either, better than it has been here, Manny, but um, the Rockies have some games under the belt now. And no better guy to talk to than a guy who's Nick Broke from the Athletic. Nick, I'm in Denver. Oh, you're, oh, I, you're freezing like the rest of us. Okay. Well, no, but I don't know how. Where, I don't know if you were outside today. I was. I was outside. It was like it was I, a cold. It was like a cold. What 55? It was I, no, 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 no. I had practice today, and it was freezing. It we was were out windy. there for an hour and a half. It was, was windy. Freezing. That was a problem. Yes, we were freezing. No, well, I thought you were already down there. I'm sorry, my, my mistake. But WBC is real busy this this oh, year. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, so. There's a lot of stuff happening that I'm that I'm in. Um, you obviously been keeping your eyes on what's going on, eyes and ears, and what's going on down there. Um, a lot of the topic, obviously, around the pitch clock and the new rules. But let's not go there just yet. Let's talk about um, what we've seen from the Rockies so far. At least by all indications, and none of us have been there, seen it in person. But all indications, oh, one Chris Bryant is off to a pretty darn good start. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's should be really a surprise. You know, if you remember back, um, not only were we coming out last year of uh a late spring training out of the lockout but then he and then he signed late so yep. like he was, you know he talked about this and i i don't I, I didn't take it i don't think it's an excuse it really was up it was abnormal on top of it was an abnormal ad it was abnormal on top of abnormal for him last yeah. year yeah um, I, that's not why he he only played 42 games but like you know this this year now that he's presumably healthy he he seems to be and a more normal spring. I, I don't think what we're seeing from him is necessarily um, should be a, a surprise. Although also if he was playing poorly so far in spring, I, I wouldn't really, I don't think it would be that big a deal either. Um, you, I mean, you really need to see with him um, how he reacts over a full season and how he reacts. We, we still, you know, we don't know 
how his power will play. Um, and I don't just mean at Coors Field, but, you know, yeah. about the ins and outs, going in and out of Coors Field, a struggle for everybody. Um, yeah, that's a really good point, Nick, because with la- the last last season I was – I mean, I think we all were, but, I mean, I remember asking him pre- – uh, prior to the season, I said, "Are have you been uh, have you been uh, told about the uh, whole Coors Field hangover thing, or have you heard about it, or have you thought about it?" And he's like, "Oh no, it shouldn't be a problem. I mean, just get some rest, you know, get get some sleep." And you know, I talked to Charlie about it, and it should be fine. And we didn't get enough of a sample to really see that, you know, to see whether he could really, you know, deal with that and how he would deal with that. Um, and I, I, so I think that'll be interesting. And I, I let me ask you this, but he did, but he did hit. He hit five home runs last year, but all five were on the road, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Let me let me ask you this, Nick. Is there any sort of – do you have any inkling of any plans to hold a ceremony on the field when that first ball goes over the fence at Coors Field? I mean, yeah, it'll be – you know, it might – I don't know. I The thing is, you know, part of me wonders if it would be a sarcastic applause. Um, but also – but – uh, do does Chris Bryant really belong to Rockies fans yet? You know, like does he does he really? I, he hasn't played. I mean, yeah, they, they they've got <laughs> no, enough jerseys no in the stands, but I mean, he hasn't really played enough. I don't, I, think, I don't to... think that he had he you know he's been exposed to Rockies fans up close on a daily basis enough for people to like really care about him one way or another. So I don't I don't yeah I don't know I don't think there won't be a ceremony, but I don't think well, there the, are... the wider baseball world. By the way, I mean I've I, I talked to I've talked to people you know outside of this region and they're like. Oh yeah, Chris Bryant. Yeah. He's a Rocky, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I, I think Rockies fans are like that a little bit too. The the thing the thing about Chris Bryant is um a couple there, there's one thing that's that has cropped up this spring that is is definitely interesting to me in his regard. But he, bottom line with Chris Bryant is like he's a good whatever, he's a good player. I mean, they're like he had a it was a bummer year last year, but it doesn't mean he's doesn't mean he sucks. He's a good player still. Separate that's that is entirely separate from the debate of whether they should have signed him in the first place, but he's a good player. Like he, he's probably, I mean, is he their best player? Probably. Right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, not probably he is. It's like not even close the, and you know, his value to the team is something that we're going to have to see over time, but like in a vacuum, his, he will be plenty good. He's, he's probably a really, I mean, I don't know where he sort of ranks fantasy wise, but he's probably a pretty good pickup. You know, because yeah, the, the so whole many question people have is, forgotten about him. <laughs> um, in a vacuum, he is absolutely uh, a great player. I, mean, I guess yeah. the problem problem is we can't, you know, obviously we can't, you know, play in a they can't play in a vacuum. So the question is, I think mainly about his foot, and um, he's been moving around well so far. But plantar fasciitis, man, I you know I've just heard too many stories about plantar fasciitis just continuing to crop up in it's, a guy's career. It's brutal. It it like it like ruined. Yeah, it ruined, it it did not. It ruined more than one. Not ruined. Not ruined an entire season, but it it really affected Corey Dickerson for for example mm-hmm. for a long time um, when he was with the Rockies. You know, and and this maybe is connected to the to the interesting uh, thing that I've noticed with Chris Bryant. I don't know why this hasn't been talked about more, but. but <laughs> on the day he was signed, the Rockies, uh, everybody from from Bill Schmidt to Bud Black made it very clear. And the, and people around baseball didn't know that this was going to be the case, but the Rockies made it very clear on day one, Chris Bryant is our starting left fielder, period. Like he mm-hmm. is our left fielder. And I don't, and it was not a big, I don't think it was necessarily a big deal him making that move. He's a good athlete. Like he can, he can play, he can play left field. But if you notice, go back. Even even in the middle of winter, Bill Schmidt 
And I, and if I remember right, I, Buddy might have mentioned this even as well. I mean, there's they're starting to like hint that he he might be playing some third base. Yeah, I find I this fascinating because if you if if he's you know after after saying that he is going to be their left fielder, boom, period, underlined. Now we're talking about him as as a potential third baseman for I guess for a, a couple of reasons, um, maybe because it uh, it would allow him less sort of movement on the, on the, you know, coming off of plantar fasciitis. I, I don't, I've, I've never suffered. I think actually, I think I had that when I was a kid. I have no idea. Really? I think so. I mean, <laughs> something I had was like really painful, but I don't know what, I don't know how, uh, I don't know it well enough to know, you know, if you're, if it would feel better as a third baseman than a left fielder. I think so. Well, with the, with the adventures of Ian Desmond, yeah. you know, uh, as a part of this, this team's recent history, I, I wonder. I wonder if we have another one of those situations, with Chris Wright, where it's like he's in left and he's a third. We, we are know, in that age. We, we are in that age, and the Dodgers kind of started at this age of multi-position guys. You know, Max Muncy. Yeah, plays yeah. I mean, so, uh, Chris Bryant's not exactly that guy, and, and I think they wanted benches, to make Ian Desmond that guy, but he wasn't. With shorter benches, though, you got to have multi- guys be able to play multiple positions. I mean, Ryan McMahon is pretty entrenched at third, I would think, especially defensively. So you, you know, you're making a, a move. That, well, now that you have Rogers at second, where are you going to play McMahon exactly, first base? Rogers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, well, get Crone I mean, over there. Get Crone off his feet. Well, here's but well, just like allow me some galaxy brain here a little bit. So just bear with me. Like I'm not saying any of this is uh, this Rockies is galaxy brain. We're you just, know we're not in here, any sort of new territory. Here's here. where my brain went. I'm not saying that there's anything to this, but here's where my brain went. If if Chris Bryant's at third base, to me, it's because they have to do it um, because yeah. they were so adamant about him being a left fielder. And if they have to do it, that means that that. Ryan McMahon has to move. Now, Ryan McMahon's under contract. He's He is essentially untradeable. That is not a tradable contract in any way. Um, he's making quite a bit of money. Um, they were eager to give it to him, but uh, but it, it's that's not a contract that's very tradable. I'll right. just... Um, and he is a, he is a very, yes, Ryan McMahon. I, Ryan McMahon's a great defender in three spots, I think. Um, you could trade if, Brendan Rodgers if you wanted to. Here's... So hold on a minute. <laughs> you don't jump the gun too too quickly. So... You know Ryan McMahon, he could play first base, but they 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 have corner infielders coming out of their ears right now. Like there's no reason that that they would need to move Ryan McMahon to to first base. So if he's moving somewhere, then he's moving to second base. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's just get this out of the way real fast, right? You know he proved in that first year at third base um, after the Arenado trade that that he was a really good defender at third base. But even though it's not his natural position, man, he was good at second base mm-hmm. uh, he he was on a projection to be dj lemayhew level good gold glove good at, at second base i really think he still has it in him um but brendan rogers unlike ryan man has a very very tradable contract and he's exactly. very in demand there are a lot of teams who would like it. the marlins not anymore they they traded oh, they, they wanted him right they, wanted him. they did want him they did they traded for a better second baseman when the rockies balked but they did they did want to trade for they've wanted to trade for Brendan Rogers for several years, really. I kind of, I kind of, you know, one of the disappointments for me in that that didn't happen. You know, Brendan's great, but if they had gotten Ed, if the Rockies had gotten Edward Cabrera, you know, 96 yeah. mile an hour changeup, that would be fun to watch, but it on a regular a, basis. It would have been, a, I, I would have, it would have been a very good move. It would have been very on Rockies, but it would have been a very good, move, exactly right. But, um, I think that the, that, you know, I, I think if you just tip over the dominoes, the fact mm-hmm. that, Chris Bryant, the 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 possibility of Chris Bryant as a third baseman, even even part time, mm-hmm. um, suggests that 
they are they that to me and again they have not said this i have no indication that this is necessarily like a hundred percent in the back but i think that like might be a kind at least a little bit of smoke of an indication that Brendan Rodgers is tradable. And like you said, unrockies like it would be very unrockies like. But we've all advocated that they need to be they need to do things like that and they just have refused to to this point. Right, right. And they and you know when 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 Bill Schmidt took over though, he he mentioned like who are the you know he's like the pillars of this team yeah. are Ryan McMahon and Brendan Rodgers. So the it would be it would surprise me, but I I'm wondering if they're coming around to it a little more just yeah. because I I they should. I think they do and I and I and they and they most certainly should know that their team is full of holes and you can't just fill them with they they you cannot just fill every, all of their needs with prospects. It's it is impossible. They do not have that many good players coming up even though they they seem to like this wave. I think they're they're I think they're wildly overestimating this wave, but uh even if it all comes to pass it's still not nearly enough and they you have to build a, a roster in other ways and right. that would be by trading and you can't trade you know, you can't you can't trade the Alan Trejos of the world to fix your roster. You have to trade players that teams want, and teams want players like Brendan Rodgers. If, if he moves to, if uh, Brian Mo- does move to third base, even a little bit, like you said, that's just going to intensify the Nolan Arenado comparisons that were already there, have been there for a long time between the two guys. Is it fair? I mean, we'll leave defense out of it. Is it fair to expect a healthy Chris Bryant? First of all, it's a big jump, but a healthy Chris Bryant to put up the same offensive numbers that Nolan Arenado is going to put up this year. No, no, well, no. no. I mean, Nolan Arnauto was. I mean, he. I mean, the, I, I don't. I don't know what Arnauto's projections are this year. I, I what he did last year. Let's just say if matches what he did last year, which well, was. I mean, Nolan Arnauto almost won an MVP. Was like one fifty four or something. Yeah, like he that. led the yeah. National League position players in WAR last year. I, I he was almost, yeah, he was like he he was almost an an MVP. Like, two ninety three, like, wow. two ninety three, thirty home runs, one hundred three ribbies. Could Chris Bryant do that? Chris Bryant, no. I, I I think. Is uh, a notch below Arenado offensively. If he plays, if he plays 150 games this year, you know, I think he hits 20, 28 home runs. I think he, he probably drives in, you know, 85, 90 runs. But again, when you look at Coors Field versus Bush Stadium, and you look at and you start to do park adjusted numbers, I think the offensive value of Nolan Arenado is a lot. Because if you think about it. You know, he would be hitting 40 homers, driving in 130 runs here. And oh, yeah. his, his OPS plus, and I know it can be a little bit unfair and harsh toward uh, Rockies players, but oh, his OPS plus was never above 130. Last year, he had 30 homers and 103 RBIs. His OPS plus was 154. And yeah. so I think that Nolan Arenado at Bush Stadium is, and we'll go back to the vacuum. In a vacuum, Nolan Arenado is a better offensive player than Chris Bryant, I think. What's a good year for Chris Bryant then? What you just said? Because, Manny, you said before yeah. you think he might win a batting title here. Me? Yeah. No, I, well, I, I mean, with the vast, I, well, he hits a lot of balls to right center, vast expanse, get a lot. Yeah, of he'll he'll hit three hundred. You know, and and you know, here's the thing that was a little bit um, concerning with Chris Bryant last year, besides the injuries, and it might very well be related to the injuries, but there was no, there was not much power there. Right, there was not much slug. No, you're right. There was not. He right. his his hard hit rate was like <clears> in the thirties. So, like, I mean, even the balls that he. I mean, he hit what he hit three hundred, right? So even the yeah. balls that fell in, there were a lot of the Coors Fields hits. Yeah, Coors Fields that's, hits there. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I think if he, if that could translate, you don't have to hit it hard necessarily to get a hit here, and that could translate to you know if he gets on a ro- on a run to enough of, of enough. And of then it goes back to it goes back to Nick's uh, question about how's he going to do with the the going the, on the road. That's right. You know, the, you know, I don't. I mean. Uh, I I think you know what what <laughs> their careers. I mean, who 
you know, Chris, Chris Bryant, when, when was his last, when was his last year that, that is comparable to Nolan's year? Probably when, the MVP when, year, don't you think? It was the MVP year. That was it. Yeah. Which, I don't think which was been, quite a while ago. 20, like it was, a long time ago. Yep. Or 2016, 20, 16, yeah. And, you know, when you, you, you know, I think a proper gauge of, of, uh, you know, sort of comparing players, you have to look over like a, at least a rolling three-year kind of average. Um, 2020 yep. kind of screws us up in that way. But like, so if you go back to, you know, 2019 through, through last year, again, like Nolan Arnauto's like clearly a better player over mm-hmm. that span. Uh, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I'm, I mean, I'm almost certain that that would be the case. Um, the Chris, I think, the Chris I, I think Bryan. the best offensive player in in, ba- in thir- at third baseman in baseball is Jose Ramirez. So uh, it's actually, you know, if you're looking at a baseball, I think I know we're talking about Chris Bryant, Nolan Arnado. There's been this <clears throat> debate for the last, you know, not really the last couple of years, but before that, there was this debate about who's better and everything else. But really, it's moot because Jose Ramirez is the best third baseman offensively. Yeah, and and then, you know, so like what, you know, what is a good, you know, what's like a ceiling, you know, what would be a, what would be a really good year for Chris Bryant this year would be an all-star year, but I, I, that that's tough. I mean. Uh, well, somebody from this team's got to be an all-star. So. Somebody, I was about to say somebody has to, some rookie has to be an all-star. And it like, if, if I was betting, it would be Daniel Bard probably this year, but, but who knows? I don't know. Like, you know, it's, it's a little bit, there's more room for a, there's more room for a for a relief pitcher than a than a left fielder, but you know if if he at least has sort of like in the conversation of being an all star, that would be that would I that would be okay for Chris Bryant, don't you think? Somebody they could trade um, at the all star break is the the one power source they had the all star they had last year's Chris is CJ Crone. Would that be very un- in the last year of his deal, half a season ago, say it's July? Is it very un- would it be unrocky like to see CJ Crone moved at the all star at the trading deadline? Well, based on recent history, it would be unlikely, yeah. but yeah, exactly. I think because of Trevor Trevor's story and uh, yep. and John Gray, and John Gray yep. I think no, I you know what Charlie Blackman, CJ Crone need to be gone by the by the trade deadline. That's all. The, both of those both of those things depend on them having very good years up to the up to the trade that deadline. Point, yes. Assuming Pro- that they have decent years, yeah. Crone would be would be much more tradable the um you know at this point with charlie blackman um i mean i mean the, i guess at that, that you know he's he's going to be making a lot of money this year it's down from where it was though so you know half it'll a be season, what two months left to go but half a season yeah i mean teams could eat that but um both, both at that them, point both. they've held on to him all the, he's in he's in the final year of his contract the rock i think the rockies would, yeah you're right it would be That's dumb honestly at this point it would be dumb to trade charlie blackman just let him play it out in fact and i don't i'm you know i've i've written about this i th- i mean i i think you know it's it's kind of become trendy to for Charlie Blackman to be kind of maligned with with Rockies fans, um, because his de- like honestly his defense has suffered. Like let's be let's be frank with with the new shift rules now. There you know there there is some indication that you know the shift the 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 new shift rules won't you know boost offense all that much, but on the other hand, Charlie Blackman was was has suffered in an outsized way with the yep, shift. Agreed. He was, he was like almost like Carlos Gonzalez hitting into the shift. Yep. And, but, but unlike cargo, <laughs> Charlie actually tried to change his swing to, to adjust to this, to the shift. He tried to loft the ball more. He, he essentially was trying to hit more home runs. Uh, soft hit rate actually came down, but his hard hit rate came down too. He was really not getting his a swing off when they started shifting him so extremely. Um, but now he's going to be more free to be like be his natural self. I really think Charlie Blackman's average could jump like twenty five points. You know, I, what is that? Which you know, when you think about it, is really not that many more hits. But that would be an extreme jump. I think he really has it in him to even potentially be like 
in an in the all-star conversation possibly yeah, i don't well, he's not I mean, gonna hit 35 I, home runs like he did right. at his peak but i i, I think charlie blackman I've, I've talked to him he's excited for this year with the, with the shift rules i think and he still I, he still brings value at the plate you know even oh, last yeah. year i mean he was he had a, he had a pretty good stretch there last year where it was like you could see someone being interested if not for the contract he he's a tough out now he's a tough out but like where you've where you've seen him struggle um you know, especially last year would be, you know, like pitchers, pitchers figured out they, they could just bust him inside with fastballs, um, knowing like knowing that even if he even if he got to their pitches, he was still hitting into the shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, he struggled at times, I think, to time some of those inside pitches. But I, I think, again, just like because in his head, he's trying to beat the shift. And like you know, trying you know, you're sort of trying to be more like a gap hitter when he, when really he's ideally a straight pole hitter. I, I think if he's allowed to just be more like himself, he can handle those inside pitches a lot better. I I if he's going to hit leadoff at times, I think there's a lot of a lot of reasons to think that Charlie Blackman might see a jump this season. Is Crone healthy? I don't know. I think you springs springs a tough one in that way. Um, you don't really know until the end of spring, I think, or you don't really get to see a player like really have to wear, you know, wear the physicalness of the game until late in spring. And then even in, even over the first month. So I, you know, to be continued. Let's shift to the bullpen because we've had um, a couple of guys. We've had um, Pierce Johnson who the, the Rockies added um, from, from as a free agent. And then uh, Lucas Gilbert who got hurt last late last year, but was actually having a pretty good season up until that point. Then you had Daniel Bard at the back end. You had Tyler Kinley, do back at some point could this kind of be an okay bullpen yeah um the 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 one that i'm super curious about is brent Suter. i the the um because because they uh how long have we been talking about how the rockies just have no lefties in their like five lucas lucas gilbreth he's been already he's already been mentioned like like jeff radish was for i don't know why just either dead just like hated left-handed relievers or something i don't (laughs) just like refused to add lefty and like and at times i could just see bud black just pulling his hair out because he had nobody to bring in against lefties And um, as a lefty himself, buddy, you know, no kidding, he's got a special right. place and, in his heart for that. And like Luke, like Lucas Ilberth, you know, bless his heart. <laughs> yes, he throws with his left hand, but they didn't know what they had. Like he was so young and 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 unproven and untested, they really didn't know. Like you can't just throw that dude in the eighth inning and be like, okay, go for it. He's um, not your prototypical lefty, that's for sure. No, right. So, uh, but he's 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 definitely grown. Like, yeah, sure, he's a, he's more reliable now. Brent Suter, though, is somebody who's been around the block. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a lot of value in the clubhouse. Players really like other pitchers really like having him around. But like, I mean, we got he he profiles as somebody who you know. I I don't know if we can talk about about the Coors Field issues with pitchers in the same way we came with relievers. I, you know, relievers should be able to to overcome. Coors, Coors Field's difficulty a little bit easier than starters because they're they're short stints. Um, they can just go like crazy. Uh, you know, you know, the, the, the course field factor doesn't necessarily affect them as much as, as, uh, as starters, but, um, you know, if, you know, if this is a stupid, if, but if Brent Suter was a starter, we'd be talking about like how, you know, he's just not profile well with course field just because of how he throws. Um, but it, so he's super curious, you know, super curious about him. I don't like, what was your question? Are they going to have a good bullpen? Not Could it be a decent bullpen? I mean, because if you, it, it, I mean, again, things have to go right with a lot of these guys, but 
you can kind of, if you squint and turn your head one way, you can kind of see that this well, could actually be a decent bullpen. Well, let me, let me bounce this back at you. Um, I mean, are you, are you saying good in relation to how oh. they've been in recent years? Yes. Because yes, they're going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Relatively speaking, I think there, there will be better, but even, even on, as an, on an objective uh, scale, I, I think, you know, this could be a, an average bullpen. Let's put it they, that way. The average would be an enormous improvement for this bullpen because yes. um, they've been among the worst in the league for, for quite a while. Um, I mean, but like, just don't i mean there's no reason to overthink it they're not an optimal bullpen without without tyler kinley and he's not going to be part right. of their bullpen so i mean i i mean we'll see but yeah they should be better they should be he's, better. Due, he's due back in the middle of the year right <clears throat> justin lawrence is super curious he's like, yeah. he's, like a, he's like a little junior auto vino in the making kind of yep. he throws this like he throws a crazy sweeper yep. and it's one of the it's like one of the most effective pitches of its type in all of baseball but it's also super dangerous if you have runners on and you and you and you're a pitcher who throws a wild sweeper like that like you're it's all kinds of trouble you know like you a, a runner on first base could very easily be on third base like in one oh, yeah. pitch uh, and, and like i don't know if it's a great idea to have justin lawrence pitching any extra inning ever with with an automatic run second base but like that doesn't mean that those pitches can't be effective at least in the earlier innings. Um, so we'll, I mean, there's there's some interesting stuff in the bull, in the bullpen. There's going to be a lot of load on that bullpen, right? Because we know the starting staff is short at the moment. If they got to find basically three guys to fill those last three spots, you know, and through through four or five different candidates, what's going to make the starters? What would qualify as a good year for the starters? Can they if they can give you five every night or sometimes six? If they could give you five every night, I'd take that in a heartbeat. Would you really? Absolutely. The Rockies. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, they're going to have to mix some sixes in, but sure. The, you know, they just have to, it, it goes, you know, I, I, I resisted. I, I, so I, I questioned this wisdom at one point a while ago, but it really is true. The unlike, unlike the rest of baseball, because of, because the Rockies play course field, you, you absolutely have to get length out of your starters. It's like, you cannot, you cannot be a bullpenning team. Um, at Coors Field, it's it's impossible. You they they will not last a full season. You, you get you get, they'll get completely ragged in even one homestand, and then all of a sudden you're screwed for several weeks. Like you, you have to get length out of your you have you absolutely have to get length out of your your starters. The best thing for <laughs> think about it in this roundabout way, the best thing for the Rockies bullpen would be an offense that's able to score runs, which they haven't been. Um, a, that's a the thing we've talked to a lot of guys uh, about this who um especially guys who played in the 90s and that that those teams were especially in the mid, mid the early rockies teams were more geared toward um big offense uh hold you know hold them hold them to you know if you can hold them to four or five runs if the starter can hold them to four or five runs there's always a shot and I, I wonder if that's the the recipe that this team should be thinking, have been thinking about. It's really hard to get from here to there now because of the way they were constructed. But the have the you know bring back bringing back the whole Blake Street Bombers mentality, and then having a bullpen that can keep you close. And here's the thing, Manny. One thing one thing people don't remember about the '95 season, uh, the bullpen did did carry the pitching staff that year, but it was a shortened season. It was a shortened season, yeah. And they didn't have to pitch as many innings as they would have to pitch in a normal season. True, but the fact um, that but, but the fact that you can I remember seeing this on a on a I don't remember I was watching an old game from uh, from that time and I remember seeing uh, some other teams were playing on an ESPN Sunday night Sunday night game and they showed the Rockies it's late September they showed the Rockies in first place 
And the fact that the Rockies are in first place, even if it's uh, how many games short were 18 games shorter than like, that, yeah. like come them. on, if you had the Rockies in September in first place because of that style of play. And, and I know that it was a different division. It wasn't like the powerhouse Dodgers and Padres at the top, but at the same time, you wonder if that's the recipe, Nick, I'd, I'd like to get your opinion on that. That's well, kind of the recipe they need. Well, hold, well, hold on a minute. What, what's funny to me is, and, and I'll, and I'll give the caveat that like, of course we, we will never know all of the factors that go into a manager's decision, especially a visiting manager. We don't know what their plans are for, for tomorrow or next week, or, you know, we, you really don't know, but every, every time I see a, a visiting, it just astounds me. Every time I see a visiting manager, pull a starting pitcher because be in a, in a one run game, pull a starting pitcher early in a one run game because they're, they're trying, they're trying to bullpen their way to a one run victory. I'm like, are you nuts? What's one run is nothing like yeah, that's a course field, man. A one run, you know, a one run lead here is like a, is like at least a three run lead in other places. You, you cannot manage like that. You, you, you might be able to manage like that over a single game at course field, but absolutely not over an entire season. And that's, I mean, that's what Bud Black has to deal with. So if, you know, you, he, Bud Black has to be able to know that he can keep Herman Marquez in a game, yeah. even though they're down three runs in the fourth inning, you have to know that you, he, he just, you have to, you have to be able to at least have some hope that the offense will. Exactly. Will you got to have the offense for that, right? At you got to have a lineup that can do that, that. being the case, what guys do do we put in after Freeland and Marcus? Is it Gomber? Is it Urania? I mean, who's the who, who are the guys that can give them five, maybe once in a while, six innings in the backside? Uh, I mean, I mean, right now, the you know the after t- you know today as we're as we're talking, uh, Gomber had a, a really rough <laughs> a really rough first outing in the Cactus League, but the, I mean that you know we can set that aside. It's okay, but I think as we sit, the the sort the the depth chart is. You know what, uh, Kyle Freeland or Herman Marquez? I don't know which. You know, Freeland was the only day starter last year, so like let's just default to him. So Freeland Marquez with no sense of tell of the three man as they sit is it Jose Urania, which is like real like man ho- he he going into last last season he was their seventh yeah and and now he's their third that's not going to be good. So yeah, so Jose Urania three, Gomber four, and and Ryan Feltner five. It, that's like not a good recipe, no. <laughs> right? Um, and he's covering his eyes. <laughs> Manny's looking into his hand. Oh God, here we here we go. Because you know they were so counting on on Ryan Rollison and Peter Lambert, and they just like it. I'm, and like I'm not I'm not gonna say that this is the case necessarily, but like it's getting to be. It's starting to. It's getting really close to the point of no return with those two dudes. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's what that brings us back to the original point that when we started. They could have traded for Cabrera, and and they wouldn't be that much different on the in the starting eight, right? I mean, everything would still be pretty much the same lineup wise, and they'd have that extra arm. Yeah, to be fair, that was also before injuries. Think you know things happen. Yeah. So, but still, yeah, I see your point. And he's, I mean, he's, and he was not. A, he would not have been a rental. They would have had control oh, for a long time. Control for like. Four years, three, four yeah. years. Okay, yeah. um, four years. He, uh, uh, I, I have to go back and I, had, I have to go back and, do- and double check, but I think his type as a pitcher plays real well at Coors Field. Yeah. Um, did he? What, what was that? Was it his very? Was it very his? Game, it, was his it was his. First, it was his first. It was his first start of the yeah. season after getting hurt. Is his first? It was a season debut last last year. Yeah, that he pitched the gym. Gym here, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I like it's just one game, but like that's some evidence. That's some evidence that he can handle this place. Like, uh, is that ninety? I mean, that ninety-six mile an hour changeup. I saw that on the board as a changeup. Like, what's wrong with the board? Like, that's what, but that, <laughs> he, he actually showed it to. I asked him for the grip afterward. He showed me the grip. It's like, it's a changeup. It's fascinating. Um, right, and uh, and for and you know whatever it works. It's it's he's he's fascinating, but. You know, that's why I just like I don't I don't understand, you know, they've made it clear that they've made it clear that <laughs> they're essentially begging for patience this year because they believe so heavily in this wave that's coming. Um, you know, Zach Veen, um, Tovar's oh. Ezekiel Tovar's already here. I the the it's not a wave, it's a trickle, first of all. Um Great. there's there uh yeah. you know some of their best project, you know, some of their best prospects are still in the lower levels. Um, but even even if they do believe that, like let's let's grant that that that's true. It's not enough. So what are you doing to build? What are you doing to build a better team for them to arrive to? Because like yeah, great you great like Zach. So you're gonna call up Zach Veen. Like let's say let's say Zach Veen uh, is ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. He he's he debuts in July, which I think would be about the earliest as you know as possible. Uh, maybe I don't know, whatever June. I mean, he struggled at Double A. Like, let's be let's be honest. Yeah. And uh, if you can't handle Double A, you certainly can't handle the major leagues. But um, like, let's say he figures it out and he's crushing, and they call him up in June. Okay, well, he's still joining a team with Jose Arrieta as their number three starter. So, like, what like what are we truly talking about going forward? Um, yeah. There are just still too many holes. If if they're not well, willing, the, the, the whole wave or trickle or whatever we want to call it. Uh, is I think a screen that they can get behind right now yeah. Um, yeah. just to kind of say, Hey, the children are coming, you know, yeah. let's, let's, uh, let's see what we've got here. And they have put it themselves after the, after everything crumbled with Arnado story and even LeMahieu in between the two or before them, when they were, when they left, it's like they lost their identity. They like, what yeah. are the Colorado Rockies? And now it's like, in a sense, I, I can see that why they had a quiet offseason is because, like, we don't even know what we have. So how can we really build around? I'm talking about position player-wise, really. But how can we build around something we don't know? And throw the Chris Bryant signing in the middle of all this, by the way. Like, oh, and it's like, on, so, so maybe in the next couple of years, they can start to see what they actually have. But, like, to Nick's point, even if everybody pans out, what's that really going to look we're, like? We're running out of time. I want to ask you, Isaac, both real quick. We've only got about a minute left. Everything goes right. Let's just say everything goes right. Guys have career years. Everything's wonderful. They stay healthy. What's the best this team can do record wise? Uh, 75, 77. Uh, Everything goes right. The, uh, you know, I mean, like Fangrass had this pretty right. Their, um, their ceiling's not very high. Um, but like sixty nine, like their floor, like they they cannot, they just like are incapable of raising their floor too, which is like a bummer. The um, give me a number before we have to let you go. Best case scenario, what they they won? What was what was their win total last year? Remind me, sixty one, seventy one. Uh, I mean, it's more more likely they finish in the sixties, but like their be- like best possible scenario. I I I'll go I'll go with Dick Montfort. Five hundred is like the best possible, like the hey, best Nick- possible. We gotta let you. We gotta let you go. Hopefully, you get down to Arizona. Maybe we'll see you down there. I know it's gonna be an interesting season. We'll all be watching and we'll be reading you in the Athletic. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. There he goes, Nick Wilkins, the Athletic. Manny, got a closer. 
Coming up. Listen to the two Manny's clothes or Park Adjusted Rockies podcast right after this. The place to catch all the big game action is at Stoney's Bar and Grill, now with four great locations, including Winter Park and the original at 11th and Lincoln. Great food, great service, and unrivaled game day atmosphere. There's no better place to watch your favorite teams in action. To find out more, check out stoneysbarandgrill.com. So, is Chris Bryant back? Like, truly back? KB has already launched two massive home runs this spring, surely getting Rockies fans excited about the possibilities for the former NL MVP in 2023. But the question, of course, will really be about his health. He was limited to just 42 games in his first year with Colorado due to back and foot injuries. The foot diagnosis, plantar fasciitis, was particularly concerning. As we discussed on today's podcast with Nick Groke of The Athletic, those types of ailments can nag a player for years. But hey, you can't ask for a much better start than what Bryant has shown so far in Cactus League play, can you? As we alluded to during the podcast, the big question for Bryant in the upcoming season is, what can we expect? Well, steamer projections on fan graphs have him playing in 126 games and hitting 268, 347, 456 for a 111 weighted runs created plus, indicating he'd be 11% above league average production at the plate to go along with 17 home runs and 68 RBIs. That seems fair, though I'm sure Rockies fans would like to see him play a little bit more than that. It'll all depend on that foot and any other potential injuries that Bryant incurs over the next few months, and it's not like he hasn't been injury-prone throughout his career so far. Could Bryant break out and post a 900 OPS with 32 homers next season? Sure. It's not like that would be surprising to anybody. He's a great offensive player when he's on the field. But much, and I mean much, will depend on how Bryant adjusts to the so-called Coors hangover after playing in only 16 road games last year. Bryant is an upbeat guy, to say the least. Just as last season, though, his optimism will be put to the test with the Rockies club still in search of an identity and widely predicted to finish last in the National League West in 2023. Manny's already in midseason form, closing out another W for the park-adjusted Rockies podcast. Our thanks to Nick Groke from The Athletic for sharing his insights on what fans should expect to see from this team that's in building, not rebuilding mode. And as always, thanks to you for listening. We'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.